Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius, the official energy drink of PewterReport.com. It is a Thursday edition of the show, a primetime episode, which makes it the perfect time to talk some primetime football which features your Tampa Bay Buccaneers in a Monday night football game this year. But we're going to spend this Thursday night's topic on which primetime lineup is better. We're going to go Sunday night football against Monday night football, going through each week which games are better, which ones are more intriguing, and uh, we'll vote on it, and the fans can obviously vote as well. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Joined with me is my colleague at PewterReport.com, Adam Slavon. Adam, thank you for joining the show. How are you this evening? I'm doing great. I just want to say I hope everyone had a happy fourth. Yes. And also getting ready to talk not just Bucks football, but some NFL football. And based on the primetime lineup this year, there's a lot of intrigue in the matchups and also the storylines as well. Yeah, I, I wanted, you know, as we get into the summer and training camp is a couple of weeks away, I want to talk a little bit more about the, you know, the national storylines, or in this case, some of the best games on the national schedule this year. Because we talk about the Bucks a ton, and we will talk about the Bucks on today's show as well. But we do so many episodes, four episodes a week, except for if there's a holiday like the 4th of July. So, you know, I think sometimes it's fun to expand the conversation a little bit further than just what's going on with the Buccaneers because some of these games affect the Bucs as well. We'll get to that in a little bit. Want to give a shout out to all the pewter people uh, watching the show this evening, including Richard who has a birthday coming up on Saturday. So happy early birthday to you, Richard. Happy birthday, Richard. Taroka. I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce your last name, but Richard, happy early birthday, man. Hope you have an awesome time spending it on uh, Saturday. Thank you so much to you for listening to uh, the Peter Report podcast all the time. You're an avid commenter in here. And we really appreciate you. So hope you have um, an awesome birthday. And great that uh, other people are wishing Richard a birthday as well. Before we talk about Sunday night football versus Monday night football, we do want to talk about the Buccaneers as well. So we'll get into some of the most recent storylines that have been going around the internet, some that we've written on pewterreport.com as well. I think some of the spiciest news, Adam, had to go with uh, Carlton Davis, who I believe yeah. did an article with The Athletic. You want to lay it out for everybody, what went on? Yeah, so Carlton Davis, he actually had a one-on-one -on -one with Tyler Dunn, I believe. Uh, he does a lot of great journalism with uh, Go Long. And basically, he dives into his upbringing in Miami and kind of the football scene there. And then what that chip on his shoulder growing up in such a high stakes environment, how that translated to the NFL and just the toughness. And it's really a whole other side that you saw with Carlton Davis. And he has some trash talk and some toughness to him. And it sounds like within the first five yards of the corners and wide receivers lining up, he just goes and gets at it. And I know in this article, it mentioned going after Tyreek Hill last year when the Bucks and the Dolphins had joint practices so you might see that again this year. Yeah, you know, what's really funny is I remember asking Carlton about matching up with Tyreek Hill just because of their battles going back to the Super Bowl year. Obviously, they played them in the regular season and then um, matched up in the Super Bowl again. And I thought that was a really interesting matchup for Carlton specifically 
Because out of the two between Carlton and Jamel Dean, Jamel's been known as like the speed guy. You know, Carlton's been more of the rough and tough. Uh, but it was a really cool story for everything you said about kind of his upbringing and, and where he got his toughness from. And I think you see that a lot in Carlton, yeah. Adam, when, you know, he relishes the fact that he gets to go up against these number one guys. He welcomes it, whether it's, you know, Michael Thomas calling him out on social media before, during, and after the game, both in person and on social media, whether it was, um, you know, starting his career early on against DeAndre Hopkins when Hopkins was still with the uh, the Texans. That was kind of the game that put Carlton on the map. And then this year, with a great performance against uh, Jamar Chase when the Bucs played against the Bengals, Carlton loves these type of matchups, and you, you saw it. You saw it pour through in uh, in the interview in the article that he had. Yeah, for sure. And just matching up against uh, wide receiver number ones, I don't think Carlton Davis gets enough respect as being a cornerback number one. And I know PFF just did a ranking of the top thirty-two corners, and Jamel Dean was ranked ahead of him. No disrespect to Jamel Dean, but. Carlton Davis last year was seen more of as the number one corner for the Bucs and yeah. not ranked as highly. That just adds to the chip on Davis's shoulder and just a really great look into how he approaches attacking number one wide receivers. And if the Bengals Bucks game was any indication last last year, he walked up chase and fantasy owners who had chase. They didn't have such a great week. No, they, did you did you have him? Is that is that why you're bringing that up? No, I had him the year prior in the uh, rookie year and when, when he balled out. But Charlie Abraham says, I love Carlton Davis, man. And uh, Grizz is saying Grave Diggers, obviously going back to their uh, their moniker that they came up with during the Super Bowl year. Uh, another thing Carlton brought up in uh, that story was he said that they are going to wreck shit this year and that team shouldn't be doubting them just because Tom Brady isn't with the Bucs this year, and they're either going to have Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask. What were your thoughts on, on his statement? Just kind of seeing, like, again, everyone's writing off the Bucs this year and fighting for a top draft pick instead of maybe fighting for the division. And Carlton Davis, he doesn't see it that way, and he sees the Bucs being able to take that next step and into what is going to be a new era of Bucs football. And... The prediction like from Vegas of the over and under being six and a half wins mm-hmm. with the roster that the Bucs have, it's it's kind of laughable because you, I definitely see the Bucs having more than six and a half wins. I don't know about you, but maybe if it was a stronger division with a clear cut team, like let's say the Eagles or 49ers. Yeah. But this division is still very much for the taking. Without question. And and Carlton had answered this before when he had his press conference during, I believe it was mandatory minicamp. And he kind of said, like, not that we don't care that Tom Brady isn't around, but that's not going to stop us from kind of doing what we need to do. Because still, a lot of the main guys on the defense are still there. And honestly, my first reaction when I read and saw what Carlton said, I was thinking, that's what we've been saying this whole time. Yeah. That this team is, is way better than six or six and a half wins. Uh, as Charlie says, it's laughable. Um, and Luke says, uh, Buck's going to be wild card at nine and eight. Yeah, a bad division and bad division opponents that they go up against this year with yeah. the with the AFC South. I, I think, yeah, so many people are sleeping on the Bucs. And, you know, they're, every year there's that team that surprises. It's not typically like a team that made the playoffs, but then they lost their quarterback. And, like, that's how they jump back into it. But, man, Bucks are a sleeper for 
sure. You do not doubt the Buccaneers this year. I don't know if they're going to go 12 and five, like Tristan Wirf said. And I, I just want to, because I saw Wayne's comment here. Wirf said in an interview that the Bucs will win 12 games this year. I just want to clarify, because I think context is important. Tristan had already done the interview. They were just like chilling out. It was like a Vikings podcast. He'd already done the interview. They did the whole like, thank you so much for joining as they're signing off. And then they're like, real quick, real quick, like, do you have a prediction? I'm not mocking the host. Um, but they're like, real quick, like, do you have a prediction? And he goes, uh, 12 and five. Like, there wasn't a lot of thought behind it. There wasn't reasoning and explanation. I know a lot of publications picked up the story. I think the context is important. They were chilling out. They had just signed off. And they're like, by the way, do you have a prediction? And he threw out 12 and five. He even said in the thing, he was like, what is there, 17 games? So he's like trying to do the math. So, like, let's let's not freak out about Tristan Wirfs giving the Bucs 12 wins. It was a throwaway line at the end of an interview. Context is very important. Yeah, and I agree with your assessment there. And while the Bucs may not be 12 and 5, could definitely see, especially with kind of a Seattle influence on the offense, if you will, maybe having a Seahawks-like season last year when not a lot of people expected him to do good to do good with Geno Smith and they ended up at nine and eight could definitely see a path for the box being nine and eight, if not, maybe like 10 and seven. Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, if, if you didn't see it, we had a great podcast yesterday. We had Bucks wide receivers coach, Brad Isaac on the show with myself and Scott. Uh, this is the graphic for yesterday. He had a ton of great insight about, Mike, Chris, really every single wide receiver, he went to detail on a lot of these guys. He explained why the, you know, the offense is going to be so different this year, how it's going to be different. Um, he talked a lot about um, Mike and Chris just being receptive and so open to all these things and how new and how different it's going to be. He compared it to Tyler Lockett and um, DK Metcalf a little bit. He talked about his own personal career, working with Dave Canales as well. So I would highly, highly recommend checking out that episode. It was a ton of fun. Great guy. Um, and yeah, really, really fun with, with Brad Isaac. Definitely would recommend watching that one from yesterday's show. Uh, last bit of Bucks news we'll get into before uh, we talk about Sunday Night Football versus Monday Night Football. Uh, there was a really interesting article. I'll put it up in the chat here. It was from NFL.com's Chad Reuter. And... Um, you know, well-respected analyst. He does a lot of mock drafts, which people obviously flock to as soon as they come out. So he did a little bit of a different spin with this one. He did a mock draft, but of current players in the league. So if every team is drafting all 32 and you're drafting to win now, all right, you're, you're drafting for today. You're not drafting for the future. So essentially you get young players, old players, whoever you want, just the best of the best. And I thought this was a really interesting exercise, Adam. And uh, seven Buccaneers were drafted overall. It was um, Tristan Wirfs in the second round. Then you had Levante David in the fifth round. Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Uh, sorry, Levante David in the fourth round. Then Mike Evans and Chris Godwin in the fifth round. Vita Vea and Antoine Winfield Jr. in the sixth round. And Shaq Barrett was a seventh round pick. Funny enough, with Tristan Wirfs, ironically, he got drafted by the Bucs um, in this thing. But I thought, Adam, curious to get your take on it. I thought 
seven bucks drafted when literally every single person is available. I thought that's a pretty good turnout. Yeah, that's roughly what a third of the team starters right there. Yeah, and I, think so. I, I was just gonna say like it's kind of like a fantasy league that you run yeah. in Madden that exercise and you yes, just kind of like reset the league. What would happen? And I think the Bucks what drafted Kirk Cousins with the nineteenth pick. They did. I'll uh, I'll rattle off the uh, the team that the Bucks picked. First round, Kirk Cousins. And quarterbacks went very early, understandably. I think the first six or seven picks were quarterbacks. So, uh, yeah, Kirk Cousins at 19. And they did a snake draft style. Um, so, if you had the last pick of the first round, you get the first pick of the second round. Uh, Tristan Wirfs was their second round pick. Matt Judon, the edge rusher from the Patriots, was their third round pick. Devonta Smith, Eagles wide receiver in round four. Uh, Draymond Jones, defensive tackle in round five, Patrick Peterson, round six, and then uh, last but not least, Kenneth Walker, the Seahawks running back that obviously Dave Canales is pretty familiar with and Brad Isaac, was their final pick. Uh, The Cousins one, that was definitely a head scratcher. But I also don't blame Chad Reuter because, like, you're trying to look at every single roster, every single team. I'm not really going to fault someone for – oh, hey, you missed this guy, or this pick was too high or low. You have to comb through so many different players and rosters. And you have to take, like, age into account, too. And, yeah. like, try to value it based on that. Mm-hmm. With, with that in mind, it's surprising that Tristan Wirfs would fall to number 46 as being one of the best tackles in football. If you were to just wipe the slate clean and say, hey, pick a top three offensive tackle, you'd be hard-pressed to find somebody better than Tristan Wirfs. It's maybe him and then, Trist- and then uh, Trent Williams. And that's about it. Yeah, I, I think that's um, yeah, I think that's very true. So the fact that he went that far down is uh, is pretty wild. But again, so many great players. Like, yeah. do you value a star wide receiver over an offensive tackle? And you could do this draft ten different times, and you'd have ten different outcomes for essentially you know late first round and on. I know I wrote it in the article, but was there anyone that you felt for the Bucks specifically was was left off the list? Ooh, that's a good question. How many rounds was the draft? Was it seven rounds? So there was uh, whatever thirty-two times seven is. I think it's like two hundred forty-four. So there's two hundred forty-four picks. Okay, so you kind of take into account. I know before the season, NFL.com does like a top one hundred list. Yeah, Jamel Dean maybe was he picked? No, he wasn't picked, and neither was. That would Carlton. be the most surprising. You know who I was surprised about? Devin White. Yeah. Because yeah, like Devin, too. for for all the reason that he's in hot water with the Bucks right now and Bucks fans more specifically, you know, Devin is pretty held in high regard in other parts of the league. Whether you ask certain analysts, whether you ask players or former players, Devin White has a pretty good reputation. Whether it's believable or not, because some people only you know watch the highlights and things like that. But I I felt Devin was kind of a snub and. Um, I felt Ryan Jensen, you know, it, it kind of depends. Like a healthy Ryan Jensen, I think absolutely should have made at least the like the sixth or seventh round. I don't yeah. know about Jensen coming off a knee injury, but I, Ryan Jensen was the other guy that I was kind of like, eh, maybe he should be on here. Yeah, definitely. If he's healthy, say like a top five center. Yeah, no question about it. But 
that's where I get kind of confused with the criteria because it's like, well, Shaq Barrett is coming off a torn Achilles. Like, you know, Ryan Jensen is, uh, you know, in a similar category. But right. Yeah. It is what it is. What do you think of the the Bucks overall draft? I know you mentioned Kirk Cousins, but what do you think of the rest of it? I would stick with maybe the the top Buccaneers on the roster right now. Uh, although I did like the Matthew Judon pick. He's a really good edge rusher for the Patriots. Yeah, I I liked Tristan, obviously. The yeah, Judon pick was good. I thought um Devontae Smith was was uh was a nice pick as well. Um, but like again, like Patrick Peterson, I understand he had a, a renaissance year, but I would almost rather have Jamel Dean or Carlton Davis in that situation, who would have been available at the sixth round pick. But again, we're kind of nitpicking when it comes down to this. I wouldn't take a running back at all with how many quality running backs. I would just wait until the undrafted period, maybe take somebody. But uh, Wayne wants to know if Vita Vey got picked. Yes, he was a sixth round pick. I believe he went to the Baltimore Ravens, which um, I don't know. I, I In today's Ravens team, I could see Vita on that team. And uh, Al wants to know what are we talking about, a redraft by whom? Uh, Al, if you missed it, this was a an article written recently by Chad Reuter of NFL.com. He did a mock draft, but of current players. So essentially a reimagined NFL where every single team gets to draft every single player available. And it's one through 32. He based it off of this year's draft order. So the Bucs were 19th um, with the Bears having the first pick and obviously the Chiefs having the 32nd pick. And then it's a snake draft. So in the second round, the Chiefs get the first pick and, and so on and so forth. So. Hope that clarifies. And Joel says, if you look at the market, that's not a lot for a quarterback that gets you to the playoffs. I think you're talking about uh, the Kirk Cousins contract, which we can get to that uh, another time because we're going to talk about prime time right now. Uh, tonight's topic was which prime time lineup is better. We are doing Sunday night football against Monday night football. And really, we're all winners because there are a lot of good games, at least on paper. We understand things can happen during the season. You don't know how it's going to go. Injuries, other teams underperform, some teams overperform. But each week, there's at least a pretty good matchup to go through. Uh, There's 18 weeks, but for this, there's only 17 weeks of games uh, because they leave the last week open for uh, flexing and TBDs and and everything like that. But we're going to go week by week. Um, Sunday night football versus Monday night football. Feel free to vote on which game you think is better. Um, we'll give our votes as well. I guess it really doesn't matter who wins. Though, the ones I voted on in my personal score, it is very, very close, which I think is a good yeah. thing for everybody involved. So let's get to it. First game, week one, Sunday night football. You have a game. It's an NFC East rivalry that I think for years – was like the first Sunday night football game in week one for like four or five years in a row. And that's Cowboys at the New York Giants. Monday night football, an AFC East battle, the Buffalo Bills against Aaron Rodgers and the New York football Jets. Two pretty good matchups on both sides. Um, But Adam, you're an Aaron Rodgers guy. I'm a Jets guy. It's got to be Bills versus Jets week one, not just because of the bias, but, you know, the Giants, yes, they were a playoff team. We don't know what's going on with Saquon. 
Daniel Jones probably got overpaid. Can he keep doing what he did uh, from a season ago? The Cowboys obviously uh, are a team that are they Super Bowl contender? We don't know. But Bills Jets, Rogers come to the Jets his debut on Monday Night Football. It's got to be Bills Jets. It doesn't get much better than that. Having Aaron Rodgers in New York against Josh Allen, like two top quarterbacks, and kind of going through the schedule, what I notice is Aaron Rodgers hasn't really played many of these quarterbacks in his career. And just getting to see him face against some of the young AFC quarterbacks, it'll be really interesting. Yeah, it's kind of like when Brady went to the Bucks in 2020 yeah. because, you know, he had all the awesome AFC matchups, but not too much of the the NFC matchup. So we got to see that a lot more, even a couple of matchups that like Brady against like, you know, Josh Allen didn't see too much of, even with him on the Patriots, because Allen's still fairly new in the league, but yeah, Brady versus Rogers, some of those really, really awesome matchups. Um, but yeah, that, that intrigue again, Jordan Whitehead, who was on the box a couple of years ago, he said that, Rodgers coming to the Jets was very much like when Brady came to the Buccaneers. And who has a better perspective of it than Jordan Whitehead? So I'm feeling the same amount of excitement from when Brady first joined the Bucs. Now, their first game was just on a typical – it was a Sunday. I believe it was a 4-15 game when they played against the Saints, and the Saints won. But, uh, you know, Monday night game, it's also 9-11, so going to be a very emotional type of game um, with it being played – in New York, or I know some people are going to say New Jersey because it's technically New Jersey. Uh, but yeah, Rogers debut, it, it's got to be that. And so yeah. we'll give uh, that's one for Monday night football. Now week two, it's a little bit different because there's one Sunday night game and there's two Monday night games, a double header. Same with week three, which Bucks fans will want to talk about in just a moment. But on Sunday night football, it's Dolphins at the Patriots. Monday night, you have Saints at the Panthers, so an NFC, uh, sorry, NFC South matchup, and Browns at the Steelers. So, Adam, I don't know if we want to, like, vote between the two Monday night games and then have that face the Sunday night game, but I think out of all three, if you want to look at all three, um, because this is a Buccaneers podcast and they play in the NFC South, I really do think that Saints and the Panthers is the most intriguing game most ex- or the best matchup out of those three games, merely for the fact that you're going to have the number one overall pick in his second career game playing. And, you know, Derek Carr, the best quarterback in the NFC South, arguably. I think there's a lot of intrigue there. Yeah, and I just want to say the Browns and Steelers matchup, kind of didn't really think too much of it when writing it down. But the Saints-Panthers was the one that I circled just based on the fact of what you said, seeing Bryce Young, and within the context of the season, an early season matchup and kind of a litmus test, if you will, between yeah. are the Saints and Panthers for real? Are they going to be able to compete within the division or is Bryce Young going to struggle? And Derek Carr, he's maybe not what he was at his peak with the Raiders. So that's the game I want to see the most. Although I did want to say the Pat, the Pats offense this year under Bill O'Brien, it's going to have a lot more intrigue than it did last year with whatever that was with Matt Patricia and uh, Joe Judge, I think. (laughs) That's a very fair point because, you know, I am kind of thinking of, you know, last year's teams. That's kind of all we can go after. And, you know, the Patriots offense is, you know, snooze fest boring. 
snooze fest boring. It was more exciting just because it was bad when they would just have ridiculous plays. I mean, the most exciting thing about their season was when uh, uh, Bailey Zappi got in the game. So, you know, Mac Jones is going to be the guy. You know, Patriots are going to win by defense. We always knew that. We'll see if they get DeAndre Hopkins. And, you know, that would add a little more intrigue into it. But, uh, you know, Dolphins have a couple more primetime games, which we'll talk about in a in a bit. The Steelers, we'll see how much, um, you know, we'll see how much their quarterback really progresses. But I, I'm not crazy high on Kenny Pickett. I no. think Kenny Pickett can get you into the playoffs as like, you know, a nine and eight team. But nothing is truly thrilling about them. You know, they traded away one of their best wide receivers. So, yeah, I think the answer is Saints-Panthers. And we know Bucks fans will be watching that one for sure. So that's a second one for Monday Night Football. This next one, though, I, I think we all know the answer. Again, this is a yeah. Buccaneers podcast. So week three, you got the Steelers at the Raiders on Sunday Night Football. Another doubleheader, Eagles at Bucks. So a home Monday night game for Tampa Bay. And also Rams at Bengals, which if all the Rams are healthy, I think that's the winner. But we're going to pick Bucks eagles for this one. Um, this is a huge test early in the season for the Bucs, Adam. Yeah, kind of like the same thing I said with the Saints-Panthers. This is going to be like a real measuring stick for the Bucs. And one of their hardest opponents that they'll face all season, will they be able to hang with the Philadelphia Eagles, who really steamrolled through the NFL last year? And it's going to be in Tampa Bay, too. That's the best part, getting to see the Eagles come into town. Maybe the fans at Raymond James Stadium get a little extra noisy and affect them. But it'll be a really intriguing matchup. And just want to say for the other Monday night game, the Rams-Bengals, you have also a Super Bowl 56 matchup. But the Rams aren't in the place they were just a couple years ago now. So definitely have to give the nod eagles Bucks. Right, and, and what's exciting about that game, too, because it's a rematch, um, it, you know, Matt, ha- Matt uh, Stafford should probably still be healthy at that point. So if he's healthy, yeah. Cooper Cup, um, obviously, like, Odell's not there anymore. But that does have the fireworks for a pretty exciting matchup. The Bengals, at least last year, were a little slow out of the gate. I think that's also because Joe Burrow got, like, uh, his – he got an appendectomy, like, in the offseason. So right, it's, like, yeah. a little bit to uh, – to recover from that. But with the Bucks, super exciting. I'm very curious because I, I look at it, I think the game against the Vikings is, is an absolute coin flip as it stands today on July 6th. I think if you pick the Bucks, I wouldn't call you crazy. If you pick the Vikings, I wouldn't call you crazy. I think the Bucks should win in week two against the Bears. Yeah. So let's just say the Bucks win that first game. They're 2-0. and they're playing with house money against the Philadelphia Eagles in a game where you're going to get crazy because you're playing against the NFC uh, NFC champs from a year ago. Also, I know the I know the Eagles lost the Super Bowl, but a couple years ago when they won the Super Bowl, the Bucs played against them in Tampa early in the season, and the Bucs upset the Eagles that year. Now, it was a little bit different. It was a Sunday game. It was scorching hot. This one, obviously, on Monday night going to be uh, a lot different but also you know this Bucks defense played against the Eagles two years ago and beat them in a playoff game now Jalen Hurts took tremendous strides the next season and they traded for A.J. Brown so you can't look at it exactly the same but if the Bucks are 2-0 playing against the Eagles I think that's a tremendous storyline 
if the Bucs are one and one and you got the Saints the following week, it's obviously not a must win, but damn, you'd really like to have that extra win in your pocket. Or, God forbid, if the Bucs start out 0-2, their season might be on the line going into week three against the uh, the NFC champs. So I think there's a ton of storylines, no matter how or what way you slice it. I think there's a ton of great storylines that you can go to with that one. So uh, if you're voting Eagles-Bucks as well, right now it's uh, a 3-0 lead for the uh, Monday night football schedule, but long way to go. And this isn't like the NBA. It's not as embarrassing if you blow a 3-0 lead. So uh, (laughs) (laughs) let's get on to week four. Sunday night, throwing a haymaker here. The Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs against Super Bowl contending New York Jets and Aaron Rodgers. Another week where it's primetime Jets and Giants because Monday night football is the Seahawks at the Giants. So, damn, uh, busy week for the grounds crew of MetLife Stadium hosting a Sunday night game and a Monday night game. Adam, your thoughts on this one? So this will actually be digging through the archives. Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers, first time facing each other in the past. uh, I think it was last year or the year. It might have been the year prior. Jordan Love started against the Chiefs when they played. And then uh, when the Packers played the Chiefs, I think it was 2018, 2019, Matt Moore started for the Chiefs. So this will be the first time seeing both of them together. So really excited to see that kind of passing the the torch, if you will. And you mentioned it, Super Bowl contenders against Super Bowl champs. Hearing Jets in the Super Bowl in the same sentence sounds pretty good. <laughs> you, you know, they're so, going to they're gonna bring out Joe Willie Namath for that one. <laughs> yeah, but to give the Seahawks and Giants their flowers, they were two of the most surprising teams last year. It should be a good game, but compared to the Chiefs-Jets, there's really no contest. Yeah, I, I think Giants-Seahawks definitely deserves a shout-out. I mean, we're talking about two playoff teams who, as you just said, overachieved. But this is a superstar matchup yeah. with the Chiefs and, and the Jets. And as you said, uh, first ever matchup between Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes. Shaggy with a great quote, the State Ooh. Farm Ball. That is a fantastic, fantastic comment there. And if State Farm is smart, one, they'll sponsor the Peter Report podcast. But two, they'll do some Gotta type of commercial. commercial. Yeah. yeah, some type of commercial building up to it would be uh, absolutely hilarious. So maybe they'll... They'll do something in uh, that retrospect. I think what makes this matchup super exciting as well is, and I'll, I'll keep this Bucks related as well because this is a Bucks podcast. When the Bucks beat the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, thirty-one to nine, didn't allow a, uh, a touchdown. Even though blitzing is like Todd Bowles's, you know, calling card. He didn't have to blitz that much. They relied on Shaq Barrett and Jason Pierre-Paul to win those matchups, granted against backup offensive tackles because the Chiefs were dealing with injuries. And they were able to get after Mahomes, and you know he had to run for his life in that game. The Jets are one of the least blitzing teams in the league because they do a great job of getting after the quarterback just with their defensive line. And they could drop everybody else back in coverage, and that's why their defense has been so great. So if that defensive line where they're not blitzing a ton and Quinnen Williams, Carl Lawson, and everyone can get after Mahomes and Patrick Mahomes gets lost in the sauce with Sauce Gardner, uh, uh, you know, covering back there, I think that makes for an awesome matchup 
And then, of course, Aaron Rodgers will just carve the Chiefs defense. So uh should be a like, fun like one. Like some shredded cheese. Right? Like some shredded cheese. <laughs> there we go. Full circle. Yeah. And so that's one for um, – that's one for Sunday Night Football. Okay, we finally on the board as well. Week five, thank you. Uh, week five, we got Cowboys at 49ers for Sunday Night Football and Packers at Raiders for Monday night. Adam, know you're a Packers guy. Are you yes. even on Packers against Raiders versus Cowboys or 49ers? So now there's an intriguing storyline with the Packers Raiders game. So back in 2003, uh, right after Brett Favre's uh, father passed away, he played on Monday night football and he threw 399 yards, four touchdowns. The Packers won 41 to seven. Yeah. And now it's the 20th anniversary of that game. So I think it's really unique that it's Packers at Raiders, but at the same time with the Cowboys 49ers, you got that 90s kind of throwback feel to it. You have two of the most historic franchises in football. And the biggest question for me with that game is, who's a 49ers quarterback? Is it Sam Darnold, Brock Purdy, yeah. Trey Lance? I mean, there's a lot of question marks there. So I think that's a more intriguing matchup. But Packers and Raiders kind of has a, a historic feel to it, too, with that callback. There is history to it. Um, great Call by you, your NFL historian over here pulling out the uh, the Brett Favre game. For me, I, I think the most intriguing part of it, and yes, the who's going to be the quarterback for the the 49ers is a big thing. But George Kittle has been doing some interviews. He was promoting tight end you, of course, but he pretty much said that Brock Purdy is going to be the guy. Now George Kittle is not the head coach, and he's not Brock Purdy, so um, don't know how far along his. Um, you know, his, his rehab from his injury is. But if Brock Purdy's the guy, I think that kind of takes away that storyline. The thing that is most exciting, personally, is, you know, this is a rematch from a divisional game in the playoffs. You know, after the Cowboys beat the Bucks, they played against the 49ers. And from what I remember, that was a very close game until the end. I think the Niners took the lead and they held on for a bit in the second half. And, you know, the Cowboys tried to make it on that last final drive. And the thing I remember the most is, you know, there's two seconds left. They weren't even at midfield, so you had to do some, like, crazy play. And Ezekiel Elliott was the center on that play yep. and got absolutely railroaded. <laughs> Demolished. Yeah. So I'll always remember that one. So uh, I am officially voting for Cowboys 49ers. Uh, what's your pick? That's the one I'm going with as well. Okay, so that's another one for uh, Sunday Night Football. Furiously coming back. Uh, now two to three in favor of Monday Night Football. Week six, Giants at Bills, a rematch of the uh, Super Bowl a long, long, long time ago. And then the Cowboys are right back at it with the uh, Cowboys at the Chargers on Monday Night Football. This is another like really good matchup where I don't think there's a wrong answer. I'm going to lean towards... Cowboys at Chargers because the Cowboys get everybody talking America's team blah 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 yada 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 but I think it's also a good litmus test for both teams because I think Cowboys sometimes start out slow and then they pick it up and you know you, you can't make your schedule sometimes I think they benefit from that the Chargers 
are the most chaotic team of all time. They get big leads and blow it. They make crazy comebacks. People feel very strongly about Justin Herbert one way or another. Some people think he's the most unbelievable talent of all time. Others think that he stinks, like how Sean King thinks about Kyle Trask and that he's overrated and all this stuff. So I think it's a really good litmus test for both teams because whoever comes out winning is like, Dan, you know, that's something that you could put on the resume. But what do you think? Yeah. If my thought is if the Giants and the Bills wore their like early 90s uniforms with like the white Giants on the mm. helmet, that would add some extra intrigue to that matchup. But I also picked the Cowboys and Chargers kind of for a different reason. And seeing Justin Herbert, you don't really see him on primetime much. And right. it'd be a great time for him to ball out and kind of put his name out there because you have all the established quarterbacks in the AFC, but people kind of forget about Justin Herbert. A couple of years ago, I know during his rookie year, he set the NFL record for most touchdown passes, passing Baker Mayfield at the time. And just seeing him, will he be anything more than Philip Rivers was? Will he yeah. be able to elevate the team and make a Super Bowl run? That That's a big question, and it's a good test against the Cowboys. So that's the reason why I picked them. Let me ask you, first of all, great comment by Charlie. Brian Dayball going against his old team, Ooh. the New York Rowdy Bowl. Let's go. Yeah, that's another storyline I didn't even think about. So, Charlie, great call there. Uh, back to Phillip Rivers real, real quick. You know, he's in that quarterback class with Eli and Big Ben, who obviously went on to win uh, multiple Super Bowls. Phillip Rivers never even made it to a Super Bowl. But do you think Philip Rivers is a Hall of Famer? Ooh, that's a good question. Yeah. I think between him and Tony Romo, there's a lot of similarities. Like, yes, great, great regular season numbers, like led the team to the playoffs. But past that, couldn't really get any further. Based on the statistics, and you can even throw Matt Ryan in there, even though yeah. he led the team to the Super Bowl, kind of 28 to 3, you know. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. I would say Philip Rivers is a Hall of Famer. Maybe not first ballot, but... You have to give credit where credit's due. Yeah, I think there's different levels, too. Because if you're if you are a Super Bowl-winning quarterback, that's obviously huge. Yeah. I also think if you at least got to a Super Bowl, you obviously want to win it. But, you know, guys like Jim Kelly, who went to four, Dan Marino, even like Matt Ryan, at least they got to a Super Bowl. They may not have won it, but they made it to the Super Bowl. I think Rivers, if he would have... If he had all the stats that he had, and he did, like, okay in the playoffs, too. Obviously, the Chargers got upset a couple times. The Jets famously had a had a great game against the Chargers uh, in the playoffs. But he got to an AFC Championship game as well on, like, one torn ACL, essentially. But if he had all of those stats and made it to a Super Bowl and lost, I think a lot more people would be comfortable with him going to the Hall of Fame. But I agree. Maybe not a first battle Hall of Famer, but I think kind of has a, a, a Hall of Fame resume but uh yeah. let's keep this train moving week seven dolphins at eagles for sunday night football and 49ers first vikings monday night football again two pretty good matchups but adam where, where are you thinking with this one i'm thinking dolphins eagles is a more intriguing matchup and the 49ers and vikings had great seasons last year now i think the Vikings season with the frauds. 13 wins yeah frauds <laughs> indeed and I don't think they're going to be doing the same this year. Maybe having eight or nine wins is more in their ballpark. They eked out a lot of close victories. But now with the Dolphins and Eagles, I just think they're two better all-around teams. The Dolphins, with all of their weapons on offense against the Eagles' defense, that's going to be a sight to see. 
Yeah, I hate to keep uh, agreeing, but yeah, I'm going with Dolphins-Eagles as well. Two very exciting offenses. I think the Dolphins, when everyone's healthy, may have the best offense in the league or definitely like most exciting. Like the fact that they yeah. were on Christmas Day, I know you were watching against the Packers last season, and it was just bomb after bomb after yeah. bomb. Two at a Tyreek, Rodgers down the field. Like the Dolphins can absolutely sling it. And so them fully healthy against that Eagles pass rush, we'll see who gets the better of that one. Albeit if the field isn't, you know, slick and everyone's slipping and sliding like they were at the Super Bowl. I think that's uh, an awesome matchup. Vikings, I think, are frauds. Niners, they need to figure out the quarterback situation. So let's go to week eight. Uh, Sunday night, you got Bears at the Chargers again and Raiders at the Lions for Monday night football. Not the most star-studded matchup compared to some of the other games we've talked about, but uh, let's go through this one quickly. What are you thinking? So I'm thinking Bears Chargers. Uh, little side note: it's gonna be a Khalil Mack revenge game as yeah. he goes against the Bears. <laughs> and I really think this game has like shootout potential because you have Justin Fields who really hit the ground running last year and ran all over the place. And I think he set NFL record for most rushing yards by a quarterback. And then you have the Chargers offense led by Justin Herbert. It's has the potential. Both teams could score 30 plus points. Now with the Raiders and the Lions. Shout out the Lions. I think they're going to be really good this year. Probably yeah, start of the season. More. Start of the season against the Chiefs, opening up the yeah. year. Yeah, I think they'll be really exciting. You have Dan Campbell, who's just a fiery head coach. Jared Goff, he had a really solid season, but you have to give it to the Bears and the Chargers, I think, this week. Yeah, I'm with you as well. I, I think the fact that you get to see Justin Fields on primetime, is he the guy? Are the Bears going to have to restart all over again? exciting and then kind of everything we said about justin herbert already is he great does he stink what is he where are the charges at this point i think it's a little more intriguing because i don't have a ton of faith in the raiders and and jimmy g and we'll see what's up is with he the even line. gonna be playing at that point in the season or is he gonna be hurt i mean yeah exactly <laughs> yeah yeah and, and if he's hurt by this point then you know the, the game is even less eventful so week nine i have this as one of the toughest matchups to choose from this and week 16 so we'll get to that one later sunday night bills at Bengals. monday night chargers at the jets i'll start with this one i'm going bills at Bengals. it's the damar hamlin game again obviously that was such a serious thing last year and you know thank god he's okay now he's even thinking about returning but obviously uh you know all the medical staff that helped him out um, I hope they get celebrated that night as well. So definitely an emotional game, something that we'll all talk about. And then, the, you know, it's a rematch of a game that we were all looking forward to. as one of the best games of last season that we didn't get to, unfortunately, because DeMar Hamlin's injury. Now we get to watch it this year. I think it's got to be uh, Bills versus Bengals. Yeah, I, I spent a lot of time, like, debating it. And going against Aaron Rodgers here, it's difficult, but – Fans were robbed last year with they the Bills were. and the Bengals game. And it was unfortunate, like the circumstances, but being able to see both teams like in the middle of the season, it's going to be really fun to watch. And maybe at like AFC championship preview. Uh, Charlie says might be the game of the year. Yeah, could be. Yeah. Could be an AFC championship preview. Uh, Ali Macedon says Bengals is more exciting. Jets are probably going to beat the Chargers. I hope they do. And sticking with the Jets on uh sunday night football they host the raiders man jimmy g better be healthy because he's in a lot of uh primetime games this year 
uh, Monday Night Football. Broncos at the Bills. What do you got for this one? So I actually went against Aaron Rodgers again. I went so, Broncos-Bills yeah. because I think Russell Wilson, with all the talk, I know there's a video that came out a couple weeks ago of him training. He's going to have more of a bounce-back season and look more like the Russell Wilson of old. And going against the Bills, I think it would be a really intriguing matchup. Now, if I was attending the game, I'd like to go to Las Vegas. But if I'm watching yes. the game, uh, I'll go uh, Broncos-Bills. That is, <laughs> that's a great little caveat there. Uh, absolutely true with that side of it. I've actually never been to Vegas before. Have you? No. Yeah, I've never. I've seen the movie been. The Hangover, but that's yeah. about it. I was supposed to go in 2020, but then obviously uh, COVID occurred. But yeah, definitely need to get to Vegas. Uh, real quick, one of my best friends, he's a big Patriots fan. Him and his dad went to the Patriots Raiders game last year when the Patriots did the lateral at the end and Chandler Jones took it to the house. So I was laughing my ass off at that one. He said Ooh. he got up and left. Like he could see where he was on the field. As soon as Chandler got the ball, he could see that Chandler was going to score once he got past the quarterback. So he got up and turned his back and left before Chandler even reached the end zone because he knew the game was done. But uh, That was a brutal ending. Yeah, that absolutely was. But yeah, I'm going Broncos-Bills as well. Bills, one of the best teams in the league. The Sean uh, Payton aspect of it, I think, is uh, – you know, it's definitely a, a big question mark. Can he turn the team around? Can he turn Russell Wilson around? Payton back to coaching. By that point, you know, week 10, obviously going to, uh, you know, have the team a little more ready to go than early in the year. So uh, pretty good matchup there. And while that matchup's pretty good, something that is always great is Celsius Energy Drinks, the official sponsor of the Peter Report podcast. We love Celsius because they have so many different flavors. You see some of them on the screen there. If you want to know where to get a Celsius, go to the store locator to pick up one of those Oasis 5, sparkling lemon lime, sparkling orange, cucumber lime, uh, orange pomegranate, strawberry lemonade. Arctic Vibe is my personal favorite. Um, go to the store locator, punch in your address, and you can uh, find out where to get one at your local Walmart, Target, convenience store, or your bodega. And then if you want to get them in bulk, go to Amazon, click on the subscribe and save, get the variety pack because variety is the spice of life. Have it sent to your residence every week, month, quarterly, yearly. Just make sure you're drinking Celsius energy drinks. The official sponsor of the Pewter Report podcast. All right. Up next, week 11, we have... Sunday night, Vikings at Broncos. Monday night, a rematch of the Super Bowl, Eagles at Chiefs. Adam, do I need to say more? It's Eagles at Chiefs. That's a no-brainer. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're really going to find out in this matchup if the Eagles are a bunch of jabronis. And Travis Kelsey, he said it. Yeah. You don't know. Well, yeah, that's a shout-out to The Rock, of course. Yeah. Um, but, no, it's going to be a really great matchup. Yeah, obviously it, you have Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts. Oh yeah, Super Bowl rematch. Yeah. I mean, we don't even really need to sell it. So let's get on to Week Twelve: Ravens at Chargers, Sunday Night Football, Bears at Vikings, an NFC North matchup on Monday. I think it's the first time Ravens in prime time. Uh, Lamar Jackson, uh, same thing with Justin Herbert, but Lamar Jackson, you know, just got that big contract. Has Odell Beckham. Ravens predominantly are, are a pretty good team. We'll see what's up with the NFC North that year. But I'm excited to see Lamar in prime time against a pretty good Chargers defense. Where on the other hand, Bears and Vikings, you know, 
they could still could be in contention for the NFC North, but it very much feels like it could be what the NFC South was last year. So I'd rather see a, a team that's really going for it, like the Ravens, than you know two teams like the Bears and the Vikings. Yeah, you and in the matchup with the Ravens and the Chargers, you have two really star-studded quarterbacks, and then the NFC North matchup, you got kind of the lesser versions of each, and yeah. Justin Fields and Kirk Cousins, but. Uh, and you mentioned the point with the Ravens having Lamar Jackson, Odell Beckham, like seeing that connection will be great. And yeah, I don't think this one requires too much thought either. No, it doesn't. And, uh, you know, still got a couple more games to go to as we start winding down the show. Next up, week 13, Chiefs at Packers for the Sunday night game, Bengals at Jaguars for the Monday night game. Adam, we know the Packers are your team. Give us your thoughts. Now, if it snows, I'm going to say Chiefs Packers. You got early December. Mm. I think it'd be fun to see both of those teams in kind of a retro old school Super Bowl game. But I picked Bengals Jaguars. Same thing with Justin Herbert, I think applies to Trevor Lawrence. You have a top 10 quarterback with the ability. And it's also going to be in Jacksonville, too. And going up against Joe Burrow. Will the Jaguars be for real this year? Yes. The division... Wide open for the taking there. You have the Colts and Texans with rookie quarterbacks. The Titans might have Will Levis start at that point in the season. If Trevor Lawrence can beat Joe Burrow and the Bengals, I think it'll be a statement game for them. No question about it. You look at that game and you immediately think of the quarterback matchup, Joe Burrow against Trevor Lawrence. And I'm with you about the Jaguars, man. Like, was last year a fluke? Now, they can still have a winning season this year, and a lot of it's just because they beat up on the uh, on, on the AFC South. So the Jaguars are one of the most confusing teams this year, along with the Bucks, I would say, and also the Dolphins, too, if two is not healthy. Uh, so the state of Florida in professional football, just absolutely wild. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think this is definitely a way more important game for the Jaguars. But, you know, Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence – Definitely makes it a lot more exciting. Mahomes in prime time, always a good time. I don't have too much belief in the Packers this year and Jordan Love, no offense. So I'm going Bengals, Jaguars as well. Uh, week 14, got two for the Monday night game, but starting off uh, for Sunday night, Eagles at the Cowboys, and then you have Titans at Dolphins, and then the Packers at Giants. Uh, I just said what I said about the Packers, so you know I'm not going with Packers and Giants. Titans and Dolphins. If the Titans are the team that they were the past two years, it's an exciting matchup. But I had my doubts about the Titans this year, for sure, especially with the quarterback position. So I'm going Eagles-Cowboys. This very much could be a matchup for who's going to be in first place in the NFC East. Eagles, obviously a great team. Cowboys trying to be a great team. We'll see where they are at that point of the season. I'm picking Eagles-Cowboys. Yeah, and I feel like for the past maybe decade plus, the Eagles and Cowboys have been the two top teams in the NFC East, besides the Giants having a couple good years. I mean, you go back to the Eagles with Michael Vick and Deshaun Jackson, the Cowboys having Tony Romo. It's always been a good matchup. And just the context of the division and just being both, again, really historic teams, got to go Eagles and Cowboys. Although the Packers-Giants game is also a rematch of last year when they played in London. So I thought that yeah. was pretty cool, but got to go Eagles-Cowboys. Yeah, that is true. I didn't even think about that London game. Yeah, because the Packers played the London game, 
And yeah. then didn't take their bye. They went back to Green Bay and played the Jets the next week. When that's when Sauce Gardner put on Zach the, Wilson. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah, it was a great game. Uh, we got three more games to go to, but first, let's hear a message from our friends at Immuni Financial. At Amuni Financial, we help you live in the now. Congratulations. We're so happy Thank for you. you. Thank you. And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future. How's retirement treating you? Oh, just fantastic. I know I say it all the time, but you really got to come up to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track so you can still prepare for tomorrow, today. Amuni Financial. Plan ahead. Stay ahead. Make sure you give Muni Financial a call. They could help you out with a number of different things from advisory service, brokerage services, investment banking, annuity, sales and trading. Uh, if you want to set up a uh, you know college account for your kids, if you're going to be paying for their college, they can help you in that area as well. So give them a call, Muni Financial. Get started with a free con- consultation at Muni Financial. All right. Three more games to get to. Let's roll through these, Adam. Uh, The first one in week 15, Ravens at Jaguars on Sunday versus Chiefs at Patriots on Monday. Two pretty good matchups with all four teams. Again, I just had my doubts with the Patriots. So as exciting as the Chiefs are, I think you got to go Ravens-Jaguars for two teams that have interesting quarterbacks and that will probably still be in it at this point in the season. Yeah, and also with the Jaguars – they have two primetime games in three weeks, which a few years ago, you'd be like, the Jaguars. Yeah. Uh, four <laughs> and Thursday team? night football. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So just being able to see the Jaguars have another test against the Ravens should make for some great, some great football. And same questions with the Patriots this year. I mean, with the division being as stacked at it, as it is with the Dolphins, Jets, and Bills, I mean... The Patriots might be like a 6-7 win team, and I don't yeah. really see their ceiling being that much higher. Yeah, they're probably going to be playing spoiler at this point. I don't even know if they could spoil the Chiefs because they'll probably be <laughs> either winning the division or in a, in a top wild card spot at worst. Um, so week 16, I have this as the other most difficult games to choose from between both sides. So on Sunday night, which these are two Saturday games, so the Sunday night slate is – Bengals at Steelers and the Bills at Chargers. And then the Monday night game is Ravens at 49ers. Really tough to choose from. I'm going to go Bills at Chargers for the Josh Allen versus Justin Herbert matchup. Two teams in the AFC that could meet in the playoffs just a couple of weeks later. I really don't think there's a wrong answer for any of these. Maybe I think Bengals Steelers is a little bit weaker. But uh, yeah, Bills at Chargers is my pick. Yeah, and it's also the Christmas games, right? You got Christmas yeah. Eve and then Christmas Day. I I don't know. I really like the Ravens 49ers game too on Monday night and or wait, it's Sunday night, right? Because of Christmas. Ravens 49ers is Monday. Okay, Monday. Bills at yeah, Chargers. so uh, yeah. Just seeing like the 49ers at the end of the season. Again, who their quarterback's gonna be, how good are they gonna be, and within the division, I think that's a good storyline, but you got the Bills, and the Bills have a lot of firepower. So that would be my pick. Yeah. Al is saying Bengals and Steelers. Wayne saying Bengals and Steelers as well. So some people looking for that smash mouth type of NFC or AFC North matchup. Week 17, the last week of this, a lot of NFC North teams represented. You got 
Packers at Vikings for the Sunday night game and the Lions and the Cowboys for the Monday night game. So, Adam, with this last week on the schedule, which game are you selecting? Ooh, all the suspense leading up yeah. to it. <laughs> I'm going to go Lions-Cowboys because it could be where the Lions, they make the playoffs. They clinch a playoff berth and towards the end of the season – I think that would be a really cool storyline with the Packers and the Vikings. Again, the Vikings are frauds. And then the Packers are not really going to be that great this year, in my mind, without Aaron Rodgers. So I'm going to go Lions-Cowboys. I think it's two really good teams going at it towards the end of the season. It should make for some great football. I think the Packers-Vikings game could be one that uh, could get flexed out because towards yeah. the latter half of the season, Sunday night football does have the power to uh, switch those games out with a reasonable amount of time. So I think you could see that happening with Viking uh, Packers at Vikings. If uh, you know, one of those teams really isn't in the playoff race while the Lions and Cowboys should definitely both be in the mix. Lions can kind of right the wrongs of last season when, you know, last year they had the primetime game, the Packers had to win to get in. Lions beat them, even though they were eliminated from the playoffs. So this year they could clinch a playoff spot uh, by winning a game in a primetime. Cowboys, again, will they be fighting for the division? Will they be fighting for a playoff spot with one more week to go? A lot of storylines there with the Viking, uh, with the Cowboys. And if the Lions are the team that everyone thinks they're going to be, uh, should be exciting to watch them as well. All right, as I tallied it up from my picks, I had nine games for Sunday night football and eight games for Monday night football. So a very steady diet on both sides. Yeah, for sure. I think when I went through it, I had seven for Sunday night and then nine for Monday night. So pretty even there. Yeah. And I also wanted to give a shout out to week 18. And although it's to be determined, there was two matchups that caught my eye. And I don't know mm -hmm. if you looked at it too much, but I did not. <laughs> The Bears at the Packers, I think, okay. will be a really great matchup to wrap up the season. And then you have Texans at Colts. Just for the fact you have two rookie quarterbacks drafted highly. Now you don't know the times at all, but those were the, like the two most intriguing matchups looking at it. Yeah, I like that they typically have division games to end the season. So you have those, either someone playing spoiler or you have someone that were a head-to-head -head matchup and winner gets the division, loser doesn't even make the playoffs, so... Yeah, I definitely think uh, that's a good way that the NFL um, goes about it. And you saw with our rankings and picking the winners, parity among Sunday night football and Monday night football, parity throughout the league. But uh, that's going to wrap it up and end it for tonight's show. Again, please, if you're not already doing so, follow us on our social media, like and subscribe um, our social media accounts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And now Threads is all Ooh. at Pewter Report. We have threads, so make sure you follow us on there. It's at Pewter Report, just like uh, the rest of our accounts. And then our YouTube channel is Pewter Report TV. Please give us a thumbs up, like, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We've got a lot of awesome clips, more to come, especially some more with uh, Brad Itzik, who we had on yesterday's show. And, uh, yeah, make sure you give the thumbs up for this show as well. That's going to do it for us for the week. We'll be back on Monday. so. For Adam Slavon, I'm Matt Matera saying thanks, everybody, for watching. Have an awesome weekend, and we will see you next week for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out.